Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I am Dan Lobby. I'm Mary Kay Cabot. And I'm Scott Batsko. It is day five of Brown's training camp, and we have reached the first off day of camp. The team will be off on Tuesday. We're sitting here on Monday. We're not in the parking lot. We're at a picnic table outside the Brown's facility. Um, And we are going to do first and ten style, ten topics. Haven't pre-discussed them, so we're just going to throw them out there. I am up first today, uh, so I'm going to go with the easy one. I'm going to say Miles Garrett is my topic because he had an absolutely huge day today. Um, he, he was lining up a lot back at his familiar right-end position where we've seen him play the last two years. He and Olivier Vernon have been uh, sort of switching, but Vernon didn't take as many team reps today, so it was a lot of Miles Garrett, and he absolutely dominated this practice today. You know what? And that is exactly what you want to see from Miles Garrett. If he's talking about becoming defensive player of the year and he really wants that and he's got to dominate out here he's got to dominate every time he steps onto the football field and so that was a great sign from him today and I do see a steely resolve in him uh, in these practices that maybe I, I haven't seen that before where he is just going for it now and and I just think that uh, this could be his year oh yeah he it's weird he he's very loose I think I, I can't remember how he looked last year but he seems very loose. He's he's kind of interacting with fans. When fans yell his name, he's acknowledging them. He's running along the rope, along the fields, high-fiving people. Today he grabbed a, a ball from one of the punters and see how good he could kick and prove that he should probably remain a defensive end. <laughs> but um, but then, you know, and, and there's some plays where I've, I've seen him and I think, well, he's not really pursuing very hard there. And then the next play he turns it on, and that's the Miles Garrett that, you mm-hmm. know, it seems like he he understands what he needs to do to prepare for the season, and and he's 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 got it down to where all right now I know I want to turn it on in this play I want to see what I can do on this play and yeah he was all over the backfield today and like you said that's what you want to see you, you talk about him being loose I mean yesterday after the gassers he went and sat with his dog on the sideline yeah. <laughs> his, his dog Gohan on the sideline today you mentioned the punting thing he came over too and high fived some fans after a play um, and it was funny one of the fans. Miles turns and walks away, and the fans think that was like high-fiving a baseball glove. Mm -hmm. (laughs) His hands are so big. So, uh, I mean, Miles Garrett, 
we see a lot of football players, and we see a lot of guys that just look big. And still, even now, and three years in, you see Miles Garrett standing out there in that football field, and he is just a different type of human being. He just looks different than all these other players out there. He's he is a man amongst amongst other very large men. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's it's pretty impressive. Topic number two goes to Scott. All right, let's stay on the defense and talk about Taki Taki. Um, we saw, I guess. Technically, there was a live tackling session yesterday from what Freddie told us, but nobody really tackled, so we didn't notice. But <laughs> today, uh, there were people hitting the ground, and uh, Taki Taki really, I think, showed off his pursuit ability and just his speed. And when the ball snapped, it's, he shot out of a cannon. What was there, like three straight plays where, where, he, was, yeah. where he was making a, a play on the ball and just ducking under, under linemen and just making things happen and I think that's obviously what the coaches want to see he's still rubbing some people the wrong way like he did earlier in camp when he bumped into Duke a little too hard I think it was Stump Mitchell kind of had a back and forth with Taki Taki today um but you know they this is kind of the this is what we heard about him coming out of college and and he's kind of showing it yeah he had a a couple consecutive run stops and if he's going to steal a job that's how he's going to do it he's he's going to get in there and I mean you know, I had kind of a nice angle. You saw him get in there and fill those gaps. And when he hits somebody, he doesn't move. Um, and he, whether he gets pushed or not is one thing, but he does not move when he makes contact with an offensive lineman. And we just saw him kind of fill those gaps, stuff those run lanes, and that's how that's ultimately how he's going to steal a job if he's going to steal the job this year. And they wanted more nastiness from that position. They wanted more toughness. They wanted more competitiveness. And they are getting it from Taki Taki. And... You know, I just think it's going to be very interesting. He's he's working at the Mike middle linebacker spot. That's Joe Schobert's job. And this is just going to be a very, very interesting competition throughout all of camp. Mary Kay, we're up to you. I'm going to go with Duke Johnson. His agent, Drew Rosenhaus, was back in town again today. He was just here six days ago meeting with John Dorsey. Today I watched them chat for a little bit over here. Uh, Drew was in the uh, friends and family tent for a little while. He talked to Elliot Wolf, the assistant GM. He talked to John Dorsey. Uh, I got I grabbed just a very brief moment with Drew. He said uh, that he's going to keep the uh, discussions internal and private right now. Uh, I grabbed John Dorsey for a very quick second about it, and he said nothing's changed. I've already told you, like I told you guys, we're we're still not trading him. And then a little bit later, I talked to Chris Kirksey about Duke because they're really, really good friends. And um, I think that, I don't know, I think there's a part of Duke that is, is starting to grasp the notion that, that maybe he's not going to get traded and that he's going to have to be here. And I think he can, I think he can get on board. When I look at him on the sidelines, he's hanging out with Kareem Hunt all the time. And I think he's starting to warm up to the idea that maybe, just maybe, He's going to play football for the Cleveland Browns this year. All right, topic number four. Uh, because we have hit the off day, it gives us an opportunity to maybe talk about some guys um, and what we've seen in the first five days, sort of hit the reset button. Uh, so I'm going to say Nick Chubb. I'm going to go with another running back, Nick Chubb. And I think he's had a really nice first five days of camp. I think he, And it's hard to tell with running backs. It's really hard to tell with running backs in this setting. Uh, but he's decisive. He's patient. 
he still has that one cut and go. I, I think that's the most impressive part of his game. He gets the ball, one cut and go. He would absolutely thrive in that old Denver Broncos scheme that Terrell Davis got to the Hall of Fame in. Uh, Nick Chubb would absolutely thrive in that system. And, and when they give him opportunities uh, to get through the line, he is really difficult to bring down. I think he's poised for an absolutely huge year and. You know, look, I've said on here that I think Kareem Hunt is probably the best back on this team. I don't think Nick Chubb is that far behind, especially if he gets his pass catching uh, kind of ironed out a little bit. Yeah, and they've, we've seen him uh, used in screenplays quite a bit mm-hmm. uh, in training camp. And today there was one, uh, and it, I don't know if it was in the live tackling period, but even if it wasn't, um, it was he got to the end zone uh, legit. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. the guys pulling up. Uh, they actually blocked well and, and got him through from the 2025 yard line. Um, so that's good. And, and like you said, getting him involved in the pass game is going to be a, a big deal because that is the area that, that he had to work on, that people thought coming out of college had to wonder, you know, is he going to have an impact in the NFL as a pass catcher? So, And now that Kareem Hunt's here and we all know what he can do in the pass game, you know, when Kareem Hunt comes back, is that going to mean that you know Chubb's a first and second down back and, and Hunt comes in after that? So it was good to see. One of the things I'm a little concerned about with both Nick Chubb and Dontrell Hilliard in this camp, I think they're getting a few too many reps. You've got Duke Johnson out. You've got Kareem Hunt out injured. Yeah. You've got Trayson Gray out also injured. And, uh, you know, I, I just think that those guys are almost getting too many reps. Fortunately for them... Uh, I think Kareem Hunt should be back soon. Even though he's yeah. suspended for the first eight games of the season, he will get some much-needed reps, and I think that's a good thing uh, because he's not going to be able to practice once they hit the beginning of the season, and yeah. he's already missed the first five practices. Time so, is running out for him. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll be good to get him back on the field. So, so Nick Chubb, topic number four. Number five, Scott? Uh, let's say offensive line. Um, there's still the question at right guard. We saw Greg Robinson have his hands full with Miles Garrett. Not that that's something to be ashamed of, but um, my offensive line is often pointed to as the weakness or the big question mark on this team. Everybody talks about how loaded the roster is. Uh, the offensive line, how do, we, how do we feel about that at this point in camp five days in? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I'm nervous about the right guard situation. Uh, you know, I'll just kind of reiterate something I've said before. I think it's a red flag that Austin Corbett hasn't taken that job and run with it. I, I think you uh, you want your number 33 overall pick from a year ago, who was initially maybe a candidate to replace Joe Thomas. You'd like to see that guy take that come here in here in year two and really take that job and own it. And and it hasn't happened, so uh, that that's a concern. Greg Robinson. You know, I don't know how to judge him going against Miles Garrett. Like, Miles Garrett is really good and <laughs> has a chance to be a pro bowler again. You know, the, his Miles Garrett's ceiling is Hall of Famer. He, he has work to do to get there, but that's his ceiling, so it's hard to really judge when Greg Robinson is going against him. Uh, but again, this is a guy that two other teams have given up on. So, you know, is the string going to run out on Greg Robinson here, or is he going to be able to give them a full season? Well, not only is uh, Austin Corbett, has he not seized the job yet? When we asked Freddie Kitchens about it today, he said, no, none of those guys is emerging as the number one. You know, it's not like anybody has nosed ahead a little bit. Nope, still a three-way tie at the right guard spot. And I do think that's a little bit of a concern at this point. How many times, for how many years have I been hearing offensive linemen say, we have to work together like the five fingers on a glove and, right. or the five fingers on a hand or whatever. Uh, you know, and, and here they are 
not sure who the right guard is. And those are big shoes to fill Kevin Zeitler last year. He played really well. And when you look at, you know, some of the reasons why Baker Mayfield was only sacked five times in the last eight games, Kevin Zeitler was a big reason for that. So I am mildly concerned about that spot. Okay, Mary Kay, number six. Number six is Odell Beckham Jr. getting some veteran rest today. Today was D-Day, apparently, according (laughs) to the uh, exercise scientists. Day five of training camp is a very big day for guys to get injured. So there are a number of of veterans that got a little bit of a break in reps today, especially in team drills, and that was OBJ, that was Jarvis, that was Olivier Vernon, uh, and probably some other guys. But... uh, I think Freddie is finding out that there, is, there are some analytics involved with staying healthy. And that was a big topic last year. And so it's, it's kind of a compromise for him. He is giving the guys the reps off that, that they need, that the exercise scientists are telling him uh, needs to happen. He's embracing that, but with his own twist on it, and that is to keep them engaged, to keep them in, in uniform, and to have them, you know, on the sidelines and around the team instead of just, you know, over by the bikes or somewhere else. Yeah, they're really, they're really following not just their position groups around, but kind of their roles around. So, like Duke Johnson, isn't just with the running backs, but today during punt return, he was out there with the other guys returning punts. He was just standing there watching, but Duke Johnson would normally be in that drill, taking reps, fielding punts, and he was standing there with that group. So, you know, we're seeing these guys really kind of follow everybody around um, as as, as Freddie tries to reduce their workload. And this has been um, a really physical, long, hot camp. Mm -hmm. I mean, this has not been an easy camp at all. This is, you know, even going back to Mike Pettin, his camp, weren't really this physical and, and tough. I, I think this has probably been, at least in my short time here, not, uh, you know, not as many coaches as you have seen, Mary Kay, mm-hmm. uh, but this has been probably one of the more physical camps that I've seen, especially under this new CBA. Well, today was the third straight day in pads, yeah. Yeah. and they did live tackling to the ground again. Uh, they were supposed to have some yesterday, but they just weren't tackling yesterday. Um <laughs> But they did live tackling to the ground today. And like you said, it is, it's a very, very physical camp. And it was hot today. Full pads. I mean, it was in the probably the mid-80s, full, full blasting sun. Uh, so, yeah, three days, I think three days in a row in pads is a lot to me. All right, it's up to me, number seven. I'm going to test the knowledge of not the bottom of the roster, but some of the maybe sleepers who have who have stood out to you or some names that you're a little surprised that you've seen playing. So, you know, whatever, your fifth wide receiver, sixth wide receiver, um, some guys here in these first few days. I'm going to pull out a really random one because it just stands out to me that this guy's running with the second team and he was around last year. How about Lindsey Pipkins getting some time as the, uh, as the number two corner say. with the second team? <laughs> uh, that, that's been sort of... Uh, you know, this is obviously a guy they liked that they brought in last year. Didn't play a whole lot, but he's getting some time up the depth chart at corner. So that's a name that I've been kind of like, huh, okay. I didn't expect to necessarily see him there. So uh, that's the name I'm going to throw out. I think an easy one to say is Blake Jackson. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Damian Ratley's absence from training camp has helped him and maybe a couple other guys. Um, Ishmael Hyman, I think, took advantage of that during OTAs a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, but Blake Jackson's had some really good camp days here, uh, working mostly with uh, the third team, although I think he was with the second team a little bit today. 
because Odell wasn't doing uh, team drills, so everybody kind of moved. I think Derek Willie's moved up to first team for a little bit. Um, but Blake Jackson kind of he's in that Odell role mm-hmm. further down the depth chart, and he's the guy who's making catches and 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 making moves to kind of get yards after the catch, and he's diving for balls in the end zone and and just making a case for for why he should be one of those last guys. So he's he's someone that through the first five days here people have noticed. An interesting note about Blake too. He told us this at Jarvis Landry's softball game. Uh, he actually knows Odell Beckham, has a little bit of a relationship with him. So uh, the two, the two kind of, they kind of ran in the same circles in Texas at, at some point. So when Jarvis and Odell would work out there, so there you go. He's a little bit of a connection with Odell to begin with. One of the guys that I was going to say, and you mentioned him a little bit, was Derek Willies. I mean, we kind of forgot about Derek Willies. In fact, a Browns fan in the stands asked me today, like, who is that number 84? And I'm like, that's Derek Willies from last year. Did you refer him to the 4,000 words I wrote about Derek Willies? I don't know if it was that long. I forgot. It was, it was long enough. Definitely read it. And once you do, I will too. No, I'm kidding. I did absolutely 100% read your great Derek Willie's feature. You worked very hard on it, and it was very, very good. So please go back and read it. Um, but you know, there's something about him. There's something about Derek Willie's, and you know, you can't coach that kind of size either. You know, right. he's he's really tall, and you know, that's just a good red zone weapon to have somebody like that. So he's got size, speed, and uh, again, he was injured a lot last year, but he's somebody I think to keep an eye on. All right, topic number eight goes to Scott. Uh, let's talk about Freddie Kitchens running his first training camp so far. We've seen five days of it. Uh, there were questions when he became coach about how his personality would be as somebody who had to oversee everything, who had to discipline people. You know, we saw him as, as a guy with a great sense of humor when you know, we would hear him as a running backs coach and then, you know, more as an offensive coordinator. But out here, um, he's definitely in charge. This is definitely his deal. He's getting on people. When they mess up, he has offensive linemen running laps. He had the team running gassers after a, a fight. Um, he's he's not shying away from anything we ask him uh, in, in press conferences. It's, it's definitely his deal, and I don't know that it's what I expected. It's not the same Freddie Kitchens that we saw last year, I don't think, in interviews. I don't think anybody really watched him that closely on the practice field last year, but he seems to be a little different, at least to me. Yeah, and and you really have to be different when you're the head coach. And I think the other thing that this is a work in progress for him. He's probably trying to figure out how much time does he need to spend with the offense, how much time does he need to spend overseeing other things, how much time does he need to spend figuring out what time they want to leave for Indianapolis. I mean, there are so many things on his plate right now that I'm sure at times his head is probably spinning. But there's one thing that he's done over these first few days uh, that I'm not sure how I feel about it, and I'm wondering what you guys think. Okay. And that is yelling at the officials and the referees all the time. That has stood out to me. To throw the, you know, to throw the flag, like barking at the officials. What do you guys think of that? I don't love it. I don't think it's necessary in, in training camp because I just think, you know, what what has he said? They're trying. He's trying to teach his guys, uh, you know, how to practice right, how to play in games. And the reality is, when you're in a game. Yeah, you're going to bark at the officials and yell at the officials when they screw up, but you've got to overcome that. You know, unless it's a play like what we saw in the NFC Championship game that you can't overcome. Right. You know, if, if an official makes a mistake or misses a call in the second quarter, you, you've got to overcome that. You've got to find a way to overcome that first down it gives the other team or that five yards that it, that it costs you uh, on offense. 
you know, I, that is something that stood out to me. And it's interesting you brought that up because I thought that I, maybe it was Saturday or whatever. Um, I thought it, it's really, I don't know that I've, see, I've seen players bark at officials. I don't know that I've seen coaches necessarily bark at officials quite as much as Freddie has. Uh, and, and I do find it a little bit interesting. Yeah, I would think this would, you'd want this to be more of a learning atmosphere. The officials are here. You know, there you have them in position to explain what why things were called. Um, it yeah. was weird. We've seen Baker like even today. I think there was a play in the corner of the end zone that he wasn't involved with the play, but he was kind of getting critical of, of the official over uh, near the end zone as well. So, you know, I, I guess I would like to see it be more of a, a learning thing. Um, maybe that happens after the fact. Maybe you know, maybe an explanation gets to a player on why a call was made and why you know where the mistake happened, but. Yeah, he's, he's certainly giving it to the officials. He really is. And, you know, I don't know. There's just something about it that, that I'm not really liking either. And I don't know. if I, It kind of sets the wrong tone, in my opinion. It, I think it kind of opens up the door for, for players to go ahead and do it. Uh, I don't know. There's just something about it. I haven't seen that at a training camp before where you're really calling out the officials very loudly. Yeah, I mean, I, like I've seen players do it. You know, a receiver yeah. doesn't get to a ball and he thinks he got, you know, I've seen players do it. And I have players. seen some coaches, like, you know, they'll chirp a little bit. Yeah. Sort of like a baseball manager when yes. he doesn't get a strike call, he'll chirp from the dugout a little bit. Right. But, yeah, these have been very front-facing and very public. And, and these aren't, like, real officials. <laughs> you no. Know, these are, <laughs> no. Try, trust me, there's one guy that if you see him out here, you're you're going to say, no, that's not a real NFL official. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, they're just here to kind of track things and, and give you a, a real game feel. The other point I wanted to make about Freddie is this is sort of new for us because the only time we've gotten to see full practices with Freddie Kitchens before this was during training camp last year. Mm-hmm. And he was the running backs coach. Right. And you're not going to notice the running backs coach. But when he was promoted coordinator, we weren't out here. Right. He was, you know, they were doing individuals when we were here, and then we'd leave. And I, I wonder if maybe he was a little more like this when he was running the offense last year under Greg Williams. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's been very – the first day, I think I said to somebody, you know, sometimes Freddie's hard to notice out there. He kind of just walks around. And, but I'll tell you what, starting probably this weekend and on, it has been the Freddie Kitchen show. He's been very outspoken. Uh the officials thing, but also with his team as well. He's, he's not shy to get on somebody. All right, Mary Kay. What number are we on? Uh, nine. Ooh, nine. Hmm. <laughs> well, I had two different ideas, and I think I'm going to well, go with... you want number 10, too? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could take number 10. Um, so, yeah, I had a couple things that I was thinking about here, but I think the, the one that I'm going to go with is, what have you guys thought about, you know, just the, the pace of practice overall? Just what they're doing, how they're doing it, how the camp is going, how the practices are being run, what they're getting done, and, you know, that whole sort of thing. Uh, I think my feeling is on it. Uh, I would like to see a little bit more team earlier. Uh, There's a a large part of me that, although I know they need to get done what they need to get done, and they've opened up 15 practices to to the public, and you don't want to cater to the fans or play to the fans just because of that. But I do think you have a little bit of a responsibility to be somewhat entertaining, and the players have taken it upon themselves to be entertaining in some ways, like OBJ giving his cleats to a fan, and like you said, Miles running around and trying to get the fans into it. But I think they could be doing more to get the fans involved, and I think they could be doing a little bit of team, more team early on. Start out with, you know, just get some 11-on-11s going earlier in the practice. And also, I think just practice faster and pick up the pace. More two-minute, more, 
you know, more team, more 11 on 11s. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think, um, I, you know, we've seen practices before where they come out, they do their walkthrough, and then they stretch, and then they do a team drill, like, right away. They mm-hmm. do some sort, even if it's just like, hey, the first team's going to do, like, four plays, and then we're going to go do individual. And I right. do think that can help set a tone. Obviously, it's great for the fans. They love it. But I think that can set a tone for the day, too. That this is going to be a competitive practice. We're going to run a team drill right off the top. I do wonder if we're going to see a different approach coming out of the off day. If this Maybe. was sort of a, you know, first two days we're in shorts, then we put on the pads, there were some things we had to work on. But now, look, we're gearing up to scrimmage on Saturday, mm-hmm. and then you're going to have a preseason game a week from Thursday, and then you're going to, going to, go, going to go to Indianapolis and compete against another team. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if maybe things shift a little bit when we come back on Wednesday uh, and, and maybe practice is a little more aggressive. But yeah, I do think the pace has been not slow, but it hasn't really been like snappy. It hasn't really, I have, we haven't really seen a real go, go, go practice yet, but they are, they have been long practices. That's yes. for sure. Give me some shade out there and I'll sit through whatever kind of practice you want to run. <laughs> that, you know. yeah. But no, it's, it's definitely different because last year it was, you know, there was some team, then they go to individual, then they come back. It was like they're working on stuff then they come back and they're running it against the defense. And it was, it was kind of scattered out a little bit more. Now it's, you know, all the individuals in the beginning and then you're pretty much right into team stuff, whether it's special teams or, or seven on seven or whatever. I, I mean, you're fine with it. You're okay with it. I'm Are fine okay? with it. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think we we're, we're, we've gotten over the fact that this isn't going to end at noon. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Everybody told us it was ten to twelve, and then it's ten to twelve thirty. Okay, fine. All right, yeah. I get it now. You know, when he huddles at twenty till, yeah, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. But uh, beyond that, I guess I don't know. It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm fine with how they're doing it. Well, Freddie was crabby today for some reason, and yeah, I, I I don't know what he was crabby there, about. I mean, it was a sloppy practice today. There were yeah. a lot of drops, and a lot. Like, yeah. the offense was bad today. And of course, yeah. Freddie. Yeah. Yeah, he wants to have his hands in everything, but he's he's an offensive coach and he's calling plays, so yeah. uh, that's got to irk him a little and bit. And he maybe he just had watched the the film right before he came down yeah. to talk to us, but he was just not himself today, and I was yeah. wondering. What kind of got under his skin? I would love to know what it was. He just was just the first time we've ever seen him. He seemed irked by us, irked by our questions. <laughs> Maybe we just all need a day away from <laughs> each other after each being other. here for like 12 hours a day for the last six yeah. straight days. Everybody but needs a break. Yeah, I think so. Well, that's one of the adjustments, though, being an NFL head coach that he's got to get used to. He has to see us every single yes. day for like 15 minutes. And you know what? He's going to have people on a podcast talking about how his practice mm-hmm. is going and how we think he should practice. And, you know, I mean, that's the life of an NFL coach. Now, you make a lot of money, Yeah. but you're going to talk to the media every day, even when you're a little grumpy, even if, you know somebody wrote something you didn't like you got to sit in that room yes. and, and answer that person's question the next yep. day and it's it's a big it's part of it easy it's a it's a big 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 part of this job and uh complicated by the fact that there's now all the social media too yeah. so yeah, yeah it, I, I don't even want to see us five days a week so i, I know i know <laughs> i'm sick of you guys. i haven't seen my family at all this week but hey yeah. i know everything about you too yeah. I, think my, I think my kids think i've moved out or something i don't know um Let's call a trick play here, Mary Kay. What was your other topic? Oh my goodness, Antonio Callaway. That's a good one. Thank you. That's a good one. Okay, so my tenth topic is Antonio Callaway. <laughs> there you go. Um, and he's an interesting topic because he's a really important piece to this offense. And I think a lot of people kind of just penciled him in, like, oh, he's going to be fine. He's going to start opposite Odell Beckham. 
I think this camp early on has been a reminder that this guy was a fifth-round pick. There were reasons he was a fifth-round pick. He's still a very raw talent. He had some drops today, which, again, maybe that's part of what Freddie Kitchens was a little grumpy about. Um, you know, you see kind of the progression of a Rashard Higgins and how he, what he's been able to do and how reliable he's been able to come to become. Antonio Callaway is not really quite there yet, and this has not been a good start to his camp. Well, you know what? For some reason, and I don't know why, he's off to a little bit of a slower start, even just in terms of the depth chart. I mean, we had OBJ and Jarvis sitting out team drills today, and Antonio Callaway was still on the second Derek team. Derek Willies was up there. Right. Yeah. yeah. Jalen so, Strong got first team reps. Yeah. Right. So that's, you know, that just says to me that maybe he didn't do some things that he was supposed to do somewhere along the line. Now, when you when you take on a guy like that, you know he's a work in progress. And so maybe there's some things that he still needs to step up. When uh, Freddie said something last week, he was talking about Richard Higgins, and he was like, he always does what he's supposed to do. He's where he's supposed to be when he's supposed to be there. So maybe Antonio, I, I have no idea, but maybe he's not living up to that standard the way they need him to for whatever reason. He is off to a slow start. I think the, adding to the surprise of this is the fact that a lot of the coaches talked him up during OTAs. Everybody talked to him, even his teammates, about how right. he looked so great coming back, and it seemed like he had done a lot of work. And, you know, we didn't really get to see a ton of practices during OTAs. I think it was three over a three-week yeah. period, yep. you know. Um, and then, you know, you come here to, to training camp, and yeah, it was kind of a surprise to see him uh, working on the second team. And, you know, it, it's a guy who... He's going to make the team, but I think nobody's really sure yet exactly what his role is going to be this year. Yeah, I mean, it's just weird. He's just he's got so much talent and so much speed and so much potential, and you can't coach that kind of speed. No. And when you put him on the field, he can be dynamite when he's on. And I know we've all talked about the consistency and those kind of things. So it's just, I don't know, there must be something that he needs to do that he's not doing. There's, there's something to keep an eye on as, as we kind of move forward, and that's some of these low-round picks. You know, a guy like Callaway, a guy like Avery, um, other guys that you get late in the draft that come out and just their hair on fire in, the, in their first season. They're, they have great rookie seasons. You think, oh, my gosh, they uncovered this gem in the fifth round or the fourth round or whatever. You want to see how they do in their second year because sometimes that second year they start to look like fourth-round picks or fifth-round picks, or maybe they continue to look like a player that should have been taken in the first or second round. But uh, you need to kind of see how these guys really develop over a number of years, which obviously, look, we got to talk about these guys right now too. Um, you have to see how they develop over a couple of years because sometimes guys kind of regress a little bit. They, they hit the ground running, and then they take a step back. So let's kind of see what a guy like Antonio Callaway can do in year two. Let's see what Jannard Avery can do in year two and see if they can continue to build or if maybe we start to see why those guys weren't taken higher in the draft. Uh, I think that's it. That is it. We've reached the end of our first five days of training camp here on the Orange and Brown Report. Uh, I'll tell you what, since we're not going to be together to record a podcast tomorrow, uh, maybe I'll dig up an interview and throw up a podcast for our subscribers on iTunes and Google Play or whatever. Uh, so make sure you subscribe to us there. Uh, maybe J.C. Treader or Dontrell Hilliard. Or mm-hmm. I'll find one of these interviews that I've done um, and, and throw it up for uh, everyone to listen to tomorrow because we won't have a, uh, a podcast off of a practice because there is no practice. Mm-hmm. So for Mary Kay and Scott, I am Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>